welcome to another episode of the Extraordinary Moms Podcast. I'm Jessica Dahlquist, your host, and every Tuesday I interview a different mom who shares their motherhood journey and the lessons they've learned along the way. If I've learned anything from interviewing such a wide range of moms, it's that no two extraordinary moms look the same. We all have a story to tell, and we are all mothering in our own way. So let's celebrate that and learn from one another. Thanks for listening, and if you like what you hear, please share this show with a friend. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to episode 273 of the podcast. I'm so glad you decided to join me this Friday. I've been on a social media fast this week, and it's been so good for my soul. I've gotten so much reading done again, and I have rekindled that love. I've been reading more with my kids and just personally. That's how I've chose to swap out that time. I've also been working on some projects that have kind of been on the back burner, and not even intentionally. I just felt like, oh, I don't have enough time to get to it. But really what I learned was I wasn't using my time in a way that made those things happen. Ah, right? We all have the same 24 hours. You know, I've heard lots of people say, Beyonce is 24 hours in a day too. So there's no reason that she can achieve and do all the things that she does. And I feel like I don't have enough time for fill in the blank, whatever it is. These projects, these passion projects that I'm so excited about. And I'm going to be telling you more about that next month. And I'm really excited to do that. But I've been making progress and I just want to say hi and I've missed you. And I look forward to hopping back on next week, but probably in a more limited way because social media really doesn't need to be that big a part of my life. Imagine that. Hey, today's episode is something that came to me as I've been listening to some interviews with different professional athletes and reading quotes from them, and I thought, wow, professional athleticism is a lot like motherhood. (laughs) Now, this is coming from somebody that does not have an athletic bone in her body. I will say I'm pretty scrappy. Um, I played youth basketball, like rec basketball, for many, many years growing up. But I was no good. I think I literally, my teams never won a game for like four years in a row. Um, I would foul out of many, many games that I would play just because I'm I'm short. I'm 5'1", if you don't know. And I don't stand a chance unless I'm aggressive and scrappy. And usually that results in me fouling people. (laughs) Especially people like two times the size that I am. So um, yeah, I'm not athletic. And so when I think of athletes and their pursuit of excellence, I can't relate in many ways to excellence in terms of working hard towards a physical goal. However, as I have read up on the mental approach that professional athletes take to their craft and to their job, it is exactly like motherhood because I feel like professional athletes take their jobs and their roles and they are as passionate about what they do as we are as moms. And I don't know if that's true for many jobs in this world. A lot of people, you know, go in to punch the clock and then go home. It is seeming like the tides have turned in people finding their passions and doing a job that they truly love more so in this generation than probably many of the past. But like being a professional athlete, Motherhood is tough. It takes a lot of mental and physical energy. It takes a lot of reflection to improve. And there's no right way to be the perfect professional athlete. And there's no right way to be a great mom, to be extraordinary even. You can do it in your own way. You're bringing your own strengths to the table. And so I just want to outline a few things that I learned from professional athletes that we can apply to motherhood in our approach to pursue excellence in motherhood. 
So let's do it. So I was listening to an interview the other day with an athlete that is deemed one of the best basketball players of all time. And when I told my husband I was going to share this thought on the podcast and about all the things that I learned from this particular basketball player, he's like, well, he's not a person of like great character. So I don't know if you want to be like endorsing him and his philosophy of life. And I'm like, yeah, you're probably right. However, the principles that I learned from this conversation he had on Oprah's podcast were significant. And so I'm just going to go ahead and relay some of the takeaways versus praising his approach. (laughs) And so he talked about having failing or losing a game be an opportunity for growth. And he finds losing games just as exciting as winning games. And I thought that was so fascinating. How many times at the end of our day do we lay our head down and recount and rehash all the ways that we failed during the day? Times when we lost our temper, things we said that we wish we could take back, times where we could have been more patient and we weren't, Um, opportunities we had to serve or act in a loving way and instead we just ignored that opportunity completely. And I do think there is something to be said for reflecting upon your day and the good things that went really well and then the things that didn't go so well because we can learn from both, right? Many athletes choose to watch game tape. And so before or after games, they review the games that they played or their opponent's games, right? And so you can kind of translate that into your rehashing of the day at the end of the day in your mind, right? And so I beg you to acknowledge the ways that things went really well. Because when we can acknowledge the things we are doing right in motherhood or the instances and moments when we connect in love with our kids or we help to promote a certain outcome in their behavior or things like that. We want to be really aware of those things that we are intentionally doing, or maybe we unintentionally do it the first time, but we want to make it more intentional in the future because it will help to inspire repeated activity in that vein later on. I bet you are doing some amazing things in your motherhood that you don't even realize you're doing. Maybe it's something you're naturally gifted at. Maybe it's something that was modeled for you by your mother or other adults in your life that you naturally took on and you don't even realize how amazing you are at implementing that in your life. Maybe it's patience. Maybe it's reading with your kids. Maybe it's meal planning and preparing dinner. Maybe it's having compassion and empathy for your kids. And when they're upset, being able to communicate really effectively and be there for them. You might take that for granted. You might take those skills absolutely for granted and not realize what a great job you're doing. So give yourself the space to reveal that game tape of your mind to yourself and say, wow, in that moment, my child really felt nurtured by me. They felt heard and seen and loved by me when I stopped and let them just talk and I could just put my hand on their knee and be there with them. Maybe it's when you are helping them through their homework and they were getting worked up and you were able to kind of de-escalate and help them to work through the math problems, right? Acknowledge what you're doing right so you can more intentionally repeat those behaviors tomorrow and the next day and the next day. And then same thing goes with the missed opportunities and the quote-unquote failures. If you lost your temper, if you are losing your mind over potty training, if your child is back-talking and pushing back, if there's more fighting in your home than normal, replay that game tape and think, okay, something happened. Let's think about the event. What happened right before that? What led up to that? 
Is there anything I could do differently next time that could help prevent the next thing from happening, that negative effect, and then the consequence of that, right? So if you can break down whatever happened just prior, you can set yourself up for better success next time. Does it mean it's going to go away or be perfect? No, absolutely not. All we're trying to do is set ourselves up better for success the next time. And so just as an athlete can watch themselves in a play and be like, oh, I lost the ball there, or oh, I took too many steps before throwing the ball, or I didn't throw the ball high enough when I was about to execute my serve playing tennis. Whatever it looks like for you, how can you set yourself up for success by doing something differently leading up to an event that can potentially have a negative effect? right? So replay that game tape and use it as a learning opportunity and be just as excited for the things you did really well as the opportunities you have to learn from. Another thing that struck me about professional athletes is you may think at the height of their careers that they've always been awesome. You may think that from the womb they came out dribbling a basketball or running super fast or hitting a ball with ease, but that's not true. Sure, there may be natural gifts that they have that allowed them to progress to the level that they're at today, but guess what, moms? You have some of those exact same gifts. You have the patience of a saint. You have the empathy of someone that can really put yourself in your child's shoes. You may be so in tune with the needs of others that you can step in and offer assistance to your family or to your friends without a second thought. You may be an amazing baker, and just when somebody's feeling down in the dumps, you arrive with homemade cookies. You might be an excellent listener or a supporter that shows up when somebody's in need of a shoulder to cry on or an ear to listen. There are so many gifts that you were born with that we sometimes underestimate can be an attribute of excellence in motherhood. And you want to share those talents with your family. And for the weaknesses that still exist, what can you do to practice them? It might always be something that does not come as naturally to you. But don't you dare let that hold you back from having that be a cop-out. Say, well, my mom yelled at me and I'm going to yell at my kids. My parents spanked and so I'm going to spank. I'm not good at cooking and so I'm just going to give up right? There are so many things that we might just give up on. But if professional athletes gave up that their left foot was not as strong at kicking the ball as their right, they would miss so many more shots. And it doesn't mean their right foot's not still the dominant foot, but it means that they just need to practice more with their left to make it stronger. And so utilize your gifts, utilize your talents, but systematically practice the areas of motherhood that you want to improve in. For me, I've mentioned this many times on the show, that I'm a recovering yeller. With my first, there's just something that came out in me where my gut reaction when things were escalating was to yell. And I hated it in myself. I was embarrassed by it. I knew it wasn't helpful. I knew it wasn't healthy. And I knew it wasn't bonding me to my child. So since I recognized that in myself, I could have continued reverting to the same tactic when I lost my temper. I could have continued beating myself up about that shortcoming in myself. But instead, I chose to be proactive and to seek out other options for when my fuse was feeling short, for when I felt like I was prone to yelling, what else could I do? And so, you know, replaying that film in my mind of what led up to the yelling, usually it's a messy house, 
Usually it's kids ignoring me. Usually they're on a screen of some sort. How can you prevent getting to the point of wanting to snap and yell? And so for me, there were certain things we put into place ahead of time so that I was less prone to yell. But even when things didn't go perfectly and I still may have responded by yelling, I also developed more tools in my tool belt, like breathing, like removing myself from a situation, like speaking calmly and slowly, like expressing mom's getting angry. I need you to do this, right? And so we can learn so much and systematically practice new behavior by both changing the way we approach situations and also changing the way we respond in situations. I talk to a lot of moms that enter motherhood with a lot of trepidation. They're not sure if they're going to be a great mom. They're not sure that they're going to be any good at it at all. But starting out motherhood with the belief that you have the potential to be great will allow you to be great. And even if you didn't start with that mentality, if you believe it today, you have the potential to be great. If you think that your children would be better off with somebody else, if you think that you're not great, if you think you are made up of more weaknesses than strengths, if you think that you are nothing but a yeller, if you think that you the motherhood does not come intuitively to you, those things will become more true than not. But it's all a matter of the way we frame our thinking. If you believe that you are a compassionate mother, and if you say to yourself, I am compassionate, if you think I am patient, if you say to yourself, I am loving, I am a great meal planner, I am organized, I am a fun mom, even if those things are things that you're striving towards, by saying them in the present, there is such power with the mind that it will actually believe those things about yourself and it will start manifesting more of that in your life and it will start seeking how to make those things more possible for you. I believe that's possible. I believe athletes do that when they envision the game before it happens and then they execute in that way. We can envision the type of mom we want to be. We can envision the type of interactions we want to have with our kids. We can envision the positive communication we have with our husband and other relationships in our life. And those things can come to be. It may not be 100% of the time that it's all positive all the time. Actually, I can guarantee it's not. But I can guarantee when you look back at the film of your day, you will see opportunities for growth and you will see moments of excellence. It gives me goosebumps thinking about it. It makes it so much more fun and exciting. And sure, motherhood is challenging. And being a professional athlete is challenging. But isn't that part of the joy? When we overcome certain challenges, when we see our kids learning and overcoming certain challenges and overcoming weaknesses that used to hold them back and now they're self-aware and using those to benefit others and to propel themselves towards greatness? Oh! I can't think of anything more rewarding than that. So those three principles that I really want to leave you with today are, number one, identify the things that are going well and be intentional about producing more of those results. Give yourself a pat on the back, but really analyze to the level of a professional athlete, how did that positive interaction or positive outcome come to be? And how do I replicate that 
more in my life every single day and in my child's life every single day. Number two, watch the film on your losses and make a plan to execute differently the next time. Don't beat yourself up. You're allowed to feel sad for a moment. You're allowed to feel defeated for a moment. Athletes do. But if you stay in that spot, there is nothing that comes from that. Watch the film on your losses and make a plan to do it differently next time. Change the things that you can control that lead up to certain negative outcomes or add more tools to your tool belt to help you in those intense conversations, in intense interactions where you are more prone to have a misstep. And number three, believe you can be a professional mom. You can hang with the big guns. The professional athletes have nothing on you. Believe that self-awareness with action leads to excellence and a legacy of being a winner. At the end of your life, you're going to look back and you're not going to think about the individual times that you lost your temper or that you didn't have a meal planned or that you were running through McDonald's drive through or that you said the wrong thing to your child. You're going to think about the times when you said, I'm sorry. You're going to think about the times when you were intentional and put something into place like Lately, my husband has been gone so much more with his new job, and he has 20 minutes with us each evening. 20 minutes. And that's with me keeping the older two kids up at night. So at first, when we thought, gosh, we just have 20 minutes, it felt kind of depressing. But then we thought, how are we going to use that time to make the most of it? And we decided we would start by first gathering around the dinner table and warming up a meal for my husband who's eating dinner for the first time. And that is a time that the kids can start sharing about their day. And then my husband shares a spiritual thought. And my kids are young. They're eight and younger. And so official scripture study is kind of tricky. And this is what we found works really well for us. And he shares the scriptures that he read that day, what it means And how it can apply to our lives. And we ask the kids what it means to them. And by really focusing our time intentionally on showing we care about what is going on in their day-to-day life. And we care about who they are becoming as people. That is how we want to spend our 20 minutes. And so as you decide what type of people you want to help your kids to become. And who you want to become. Don't look back on the end of your life at 80 years old and think, Gosh, I should have implemented some very simple things that were character building. Or I should have worked on my temper more. Take the time now to be self-aware about the things that mean the most to you and put those into practice. So you are going to create a legacy of excellence. And Michael Jordan and Serena Williams and Nadal and Federer and Tiger Woods. Oh, that's probably not the best example. Anyways, (laughs) They've got nothing on you, mama. They've got nothing on you. You are a professional mom. So go at it like you're professional. All right. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast today. I have a fantastic episode for you next week. You are not going to want to miss it. So be sure to subscribe to Extraordinary Moms on your podcast app. Nikki Harmon is my guest. Nikki and I are actually longtime friends. Um, I think I was six years old when I met her, and she's, I think, two years older than I am. She is an incredible, incredible mother now of five kids. She's been married several times, and she's learned so much through those different experiences. She's also a marriage and family therapist. 
She and her husband recently adopted a son from an orphanage abroad. I mean, the list goes on and on. It is a fascinating look, but I love not only that she shares her professional advice and perspective as a marriage and family therapist, but having walked the walk has really created this new level of compassion and empathy for the people that she helps guide through these really challenging circumstances. It's a really profound interview and conversation. I loved reconnecting with Nikki and you're going to love getting to know her next week. So thanks for tuning in the podcast today. If you haven't already followed me on Instagram, do that even though I'm on my social media fast. I'm at Jessica Dahlquist 3 or on Facebook at Extraordinary Moms Podcast. Links to everything we talked about today is at ExtraordinaryMomsPodcast.com. Thanks for tuning in the podcast today, everybody. We'll see you next week for another episode with another Extraordinary Mom. Bye.